that I don't know even where is my family or are they alive or not because I even cannot contact them because of the internet problem, the electricity, there's no electricity, no internet to reach them to know how they are. Hi, Louis here. Happy New Year's. Long time no speak, huh? I hope that you're feeling good. I'm great, in case you're wondering. Shopping shoes hit a stall for lack of motivation. I've been dodging myself into new skills, adventures, and life decisions. Maybe one day I can talk more about this to you. But only if you're wondering. But we are going through super tense moments in the road and... And though swapping shoes have never been about global geopolitics, the subject affects each one of us. Ignoring it for the sake of positive vibes, please, is just sweeping the dirt under the carpet. Life is about harmony, and accepting the rough sides of reality is part of finding the good balance of living a wholesome life. I texted our community member, legend from Parkour Gaza, to talk to us a bit about his life in Gaza and how he deals with the situation right now. Firstly, because he's a fellow human who lives in a different spectrum of life than us. And secondly, because I believe that listening to his story is not only satiating our curiosity, but is also exercising our empathy. There is no PK talk, but there's a lot to learn from a conversation from someone who lived on this extreme and is now watching from the distance his family and his home being destroyed. I'm very thankful for Ahmed's openness, inspired by his strength and humanity. I hope this talk enriches your life in any possible way. Ah, ah, a small remark. I'm away from home, so everything is recorded with the phone. The sound quality is not the best, but I hope that the content quality makes up for it. This is swapping shoot. I mean, no, maybe not. This is a talk. It's beyond parkour, but into the parkourist life. Okay. Let's go. This is a talk with Ahmed Matar. Yeah. Okay. Hello, Ahmed. Welcome to Swapping Shoes. Kind of Swapping Shoes, but not really. Thank you. I'm, I'm very happy to talk to you too. I'm very good. Thank you. It's a morning here and yeah, just getting up actually. <laughs> Nice, yeah. Uh, and it's uh, you, you're working a lot now these days, like normal days? Uh, yeah, I work in the yeah normal days. I have a holiday now for two days and then I start again every day in the schools. And what I work with is just, yeah, parkour. I go for different nice schools break. and I do parkour workshops almost all the year meeting different kids all the time. So I, it's a collaboration with the, like uh, municipalities here. And then it's like what I do is I visit each school and then I take over the sports lesson and then I build uh, like a parkour course where the kids can also get the chance to try parkour in a fun way where they have also to do an obstacle course. And then at the same time, I teach them the movement, uh, teach them the names of the movements. Yeah, they don't get to do it too much, but still, like, it's almost everyone knows me in the area where I teach uh, mm -hmm. for what I have been doing for almost five years here in Stockholm. 
Nice, that's very cool. You get to connect also with the with the population, like with the city, in a very deep way, right? Because you're going with their children straight away. You're going to the schools. Exactly. And the, the, probably the children look up to you, like, "Oh my God, this guy is a superhero." Yeah, it is like that with the kids. It's like when they see me, it's like, "Oh wow, <laughs> he's the one that does backflips." <laughs> oh, he's the one that <laughs> you really jump from place to place. Uh, yeah, it's uh, kids, you know. Yeah, and I like it. It's just in a way, it's it also motivates me to continue because I like to get this kind of feeling like the kids are happy to see me and they enjoy what I mm -hmm. do, which is uh, nice. yeah, I, I make them happy and it makes me happy. Cool. Perfect. Yeah. Well, uh, it's your second time swapping shoes. The first time we talked more about you, about you moving all the way from Palestine to Sweden, and about your projects, what you're doing there. And this time, because we are uh, in between such a not nice moment, uh, I think it was, it was very important to listen to your voice, a guy from Parkour, from Gaza, from Parkour Gaza, which is um, the community has so much like respect and appreciation for. So it, it's nice to have you here. And I, was, and I prepared some questions, especially for this occasion, which are different to the questions uh, we had before. Okay. And I sent it to you. Okay. Yeah. So full disclaimer. So you could also just approve if you want to talk about it or not, because I think it's very delicate too. Uh, I, 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 I can't even imagine what it is like to be in, a, in your position, you know? Uh, so yeah. Uh, if you don't feel comfortable with speaking or anything, just let me know and we stop. Okay. Yeah, for sure. It's okay. Cool. All right. So. Ahmed, can you tell us a little bit about how it is like to grow up in Gaza? Like uh, good, bad things, like how it is the normal day, family, friends, the school, the fear, and what are these big, the biggest differences that you feel from uh, Gaza to Sweden? I mean, there is a lot of good things about growing up in Gaza, but also most of it was also, yeah... Uh, bad, I, I can say, it, it comparing to the situation here and the safety that the kids or as a, a kid growing here in Sweden or a kid growing in Gaza. As like when I was growing in Gaza, I remember me myself trying to play uh, outside our home and then uh, suddenly like a tank of Israeli tanks coming, crossing the road and then suddenly my mom come and tell me, Oh, get inside before it's start shooting. So we always have had that uh, before the 2005, before the Israeli left Gaza Strip. We had that like we never were safe. And that was born in the 1996. So all of that time until 20, uh, 2005, it was like just memory of... Uh, yeah, uh, occupation that we're living and we're watching and we're seeing every day that I was not able to play as a kid outside our home. I was scared that there is a bomb or a shooting happening. I remember the day when it was like the tank was shooting at our neighbors. And so it was always there since I was a kid. And when they left, for sure, we got a better life, but we still were under a siege that we could not travel, we could not move anywhere. 
I even also, I remember when I was a kid before they left Gaza, I remember I could not go to the sea. Remember, I, I, like, imagine the sea is not more than one kilometers away from us. We were not allowed to go to the sea to swim or to play. Why? They were surrounding the whole area and that we are not allowed to go there. So there was a settlers who's living there. They were allowed to go there, but not us. Mm. So, yeah, I remember like saying to my dad, oh, when are we going to the sea? We watched, we watched the sea in the pictures and not in the reality. And then when, we, when they left, I remember all the people just went to the sea and everyone is just swimming every day. It was like a freedom happening, even though it was like, the crossing were closed, were very controlled from Egyptian side. Ares, which is the checkpoint between, between us and where is the Israelis now. So, yeah, it's uh, still it's still going on. Uh, it's, it's like, even though they left Gaza, but it was like happening uh, different. Yeah, it, it was having different things year after year. Like in the 2008, I remember I was at the school. Uh, we were studying and then suddenly the bombs starts. And that was the first time I see that really huge bombs, which is happening by the airplanes. It was very loud, smokes everywhere. And we were forced to leave the school to go home because it was not safe anymore to stay at the school. And that war stay like uh, continued for more than three weeks, and then uh, the nor life came normal again, and then we lived life again. We built houses, we built the destructed, like all of this damage, and then a new war happened again. The two thousand twelve, and the two thousand twelve was also. A new war that will last for more than, I guess it was three weeks also, two weeks. It was not, it was not longer than the first one. And it was more people dying, more houses destroyed. And the 2014, it was the longest I have left. Uh, because it was like for more, it, it lasted for more than 50 years, uh, 50 days, not 50 years. And it was like bombs, people killed, relatives I know who have got killed. And I left Gaza in the 2016. And uh, when I left one uh, year after or some, then the, my, one of my friends who have got killed by, by a sniper who, when he were, basically demonstrate, filming a demonstration by the borders between us and Israel. And that demonstration were like about the freedom. We want our freedom. So they were peacefully demonstrating there and the people were all going to the borders, uh, give us the freedom. And then he was a journalist and he got shot. And I know that journalist very well because he were following a story about me traveling from Gaza to Sweden. And he was almost with me every day for a whole year, filming every day for a, a film production that was located in the USA. 
and that guy got shot. Um, yeah, in 2021, a new war happened. I am here in Sweden, my family in Gaza. For me, it was one of the first time I, I just feel the fear about them also because I'm far away from them. And the bombs happening is like, also very hard like it's bombs everywhere you don't know when you when your family is alive or when they are gonna die so, so it's it's very fr frustrating that you don't know what's gonna happen to them and i just had to keep the contact with them all the time luckily they had the internet always and uh, yeah so i could keep in the could in touch with them so to know how is their situation and uh, this time in the 2023, this is the worst because it's like it has been for more than 100 days. The bombs everywhere, it's destroying a whole areas. Like almost all of Gaza is destroyed, more than half, of like 50% of the buildings of the, uh, it has been destroyed and that I don't know even where is my family or are they alive or not because I even cannot contact them because of the internet problem, the electricity, there's no electricity, no internet to reach them to know how they are. So it has been uh, tough because it's, it's like I reach them through my friends. If one of my friends are online, then I can ask them how they are, then if they are or one of my neighbors who live close to me and then in the end my family have evacuated to another area so they had to leave home and there there is no internet at all and actually there is no safe place in Gaza even if the, that place where they left I'm sure that place is not safe as everybody thinks it's like the bombs are still happening in Rafah everywhere so it's uh, it's just like uh, yeah, a situation where I I have lived since I was a kid that it's like we always lived under this uh, colonizer, the, like the Israeli occupation. The, we lived under a situation as, how can I say it? It's like we never got our rights as a kids, as a human too, as an adult or as an other person in the earth that we, we're not living the same, we're living in a very different way that we just there, we're thinking about how to live, how to survive during the years, mm -hmm. not how to, yeah. to fix our future. People there just think about how to live in a good way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's here we think about you building your future, but there you cannot build the future. Actually, it's like whatever you do, every all your projects are can be destroyed in a day. You know, and as it's happening now, it's like everyone's uh, project who have built. Like I, I've been to Gaza this summer, and they know how Gaza became very beautiful. I was never expecting to see Gaza in this way. This pretty uh, people were alive again I felt like people are enjoying the life even though they cannot travel easily but they still people could try make a new business they build a new shop a new shopping mall and 
uh, I see people going to cafe place, going to restaurants and they enjoying their time by the beach on the cafeterias and I saw there is life and that made me feel like, oh wow, I have been missing all of this time because when I left Gaza, it was not the same. It was, I left Gaza in 2016, destruction ha- were still there because the bombs happened 2014 and there is many buildings were destroyed and uh, many people who still like thinking about leaving Gaza because of the situation and yeah, it was not as good. People uh, still were trying to survive. And when I went there, it was different. I felt like I want to be there again. I felt like I want to mm-hmm. live in Gaza again. It made me, the, it gave me this feeling. Mm-hmm. But then you see again, one month after yeah. everything happens again, the bombs in a bigger way, in a like destruction everywhere. There is no say, like yeah. every road in the in Gaza Strip have been destroyed. In our area where I live, there has been two buildings at least, no, even more, four buildings had been destroyed. And there was a mosque behind us and even our home, windows have been broken because of the bombs. And I don't know if our home is still there or not because of my family have left our home. Mm-hmm. And they don't know about it because they, uh, they cannot be at, at that area at the moment because Israel claimed that this is a dangerous area. We don't know how it's going to be. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's scary. And... Now, what area is your family from in, in Gaza? We are from Canyonis. Where is it? North, south? Canyonis is in the... In the... South, not very south. Rafa is the most south, and we come before Rafa. Rafa has the border between us almost. And is Egypt. the one where then, uh, uh, that the famous uh, Motaz Azaiza? He he's from there, Motaz, right? Motaz, Motaz, he's from Deir el Balah. He's uh, a bit more north than northern than us at the moment. So, mm-hmm. oh, oh, yeah. Where 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 is your family from? Are they from from Gaza? like your grandparents or they they were from somewhere else in Palestine and they were then displaced yeah yeah we are all from uh, we my my grandfather were displaced from the north of Gaza in an area that is called Askelon Askelon in English I guess uh, Askelon is a area where it's under it's a uh, controlled by Israel at the moment. Israel are living there. Israelis have built their settlements, have built their factories, everything. So, yeah, we are not originally from Gaza Strip, but uh, I was born in Gaza. My father was born in, born in Gaza, so we're still from Gaza, but Palestine yeah. is all the same for us. Whatever, it's uh, we have been, uh, we still call ourselves refugees in Gaza because uh, our original place is not is not Gaza Strip we are uh, it's crazy that you are refu- refugees in your own countries it is a crazy that's the thing you are a refugee in... <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's uh, it's very annoying to think about it that you will have to be called a refugee in your own country even though we were treated by the UNRWA, the UN 
as refugees, even in, in Gaza. But uh, yeah, because we have been forced to, the, to, to evacuate from the north of Palestine to Gaza Strip. And uh, we, we want to be still called refugees because we have the hope to return someday to our own country, yes. to our own you will, you place, will. our own city. Since I was a kid, my grandfather teach me, my father too, that this is the key of our home in Ashkelon or Askelan. We call it El Majdal in Arabic. It's a totally different. Ashkelon is the name that Israel gave the... So call it in Arabic. Yeah. Uh, El Majdal. Uh, it's uh, the place where I always thought think I want to return. It's the place where I always feel like, oh, that's my home because I was growing, learning that that's my home. The key, I have seen the key of his home in that city. I was just dreaming how it is and he was always telling us how pretty it is because, yeah, it's our original home. You, I mean, when they had to leave to Gaza Strip, they were living in a tent and then they have to build the tents after. And then, so it was not that good life in Gaza Strip for them as good as it's for them in their own city where they had their own farms and they had their own homes. So uh, for sure, everything is gone now. We don't know which home it is. They, my grandfather died and we still say we are originally from Al Majdal, even when we are at the school. Or oh, every every time we learn that this is our original home and we don't want to give up on it because we have been kicked out of it. And if we mm. give up on it means we give up on our rights. And all your all your life. You yourself is giving up on yourself. Yes, you should not give up. We're giving up ourselves, yeah. So we never want to say that's not Palestine. We always, even when we have the Palestinian map, we have the whole map of Palestine as it was before they come. I, I admire so much the, the, the strength and the perseverance of the Palestinian people. It's, it's, I'm, like, I'm fascinated by how strong you guys are it's crazy it's really uh so did you did you ever leave gaza until you left sweden like did you leave gaza to like uh palestine old palestine that they call now israel but did you leave gaza to this other no we were we are always wishing to do you never left even now i still cannot go there i'm scared to go there because i think if i go there i will be arrested by israel what the heck man it's crazy uh, so, no, I cannot go and I have not been there before. I even did a, I wanted to just visit the West Bank someday in my life to see all the holy places there that we have always watched in the picture and the videos. But I am sure every other person in the, on earth can go there, but not a Palestinian person who was born in Gaza because... You will not be treated the same. You will be arrested. Even I have a friend here from Sweden. His name is Samir and uh, his origins is from Palestine in Yaffa. But his name and everything uh, is what made him uh, stuck in an interview with their police. 
for most almost six hours talking about who he is, what's uh, wh- who's his grandfather, and uh, when was the first time he came to Israel and things like that. That's what they ask him, and then uh, yeah, they let him in in the end. But for me, as a Palestinian originally, and I have a Palestinian ID, it would be different. I'm not allowed to go there. Uh, mm-hmm. I would be rather ar- arrested or they kick me back to where I came from. Because I, at the moment I have a Swedish passport, but still, I yeah. cannot risk it and go there. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. And um, does people in Gaza dream about leaving the place? Do they dream about... They... No, I'm not, I'm, uh, right now, for example, I'm not talking about going back home, because I imagine, of course, that you guys want to go back home to, uh, to Palestine. But uh, leaving, do, do you... Do you feel like the Palestinians want to get out of Gaza and leave everything behind and be like, no, I don't want to fight anymore. I lost hope. I want to go to uh, Spain and yeah. live there. I mean, uh, as as a person who was in Gaza, I always dreamed to, li- to leave Gaza just to at least for one day, you know, just to be able to travel and watch a different world and come back. That's what I wanted, and uh, I never wanted to leave Gaza forever. I wanted to be close to my family. Imagine the life there is amazing. You will enjoy every moment. Even me going there this summer, I felt like I have been missing them too much. I have been missing how the social life there, how everybody is close to each other, how everybody is supporting each other, even with every small thing they can support you a lot even with that situation people supporting people are helping each other very social life where you feel always you have someone close to you you never feel alone i i mean i lived here in sweden for seven years but i never felt the same as when i was there Never felt like, mm-hmm. even I had many friends here, but still, like, it's not the same as being close to your family and real people who are always together. When I was in Gaza, I've, uh, I was every day more than a hundred people coming to visit me at mm-hmm. home. So it was busy yeah. all the time. And yeah, it's different. Uh, and yeah. for sure, yeah, we want to uh, leave it's Gaza home, home. just to. We just want to get the freedom. That's what we want. We don't want to leave Gaza. We feel like we have our dignity in Gaza, in Palestine. We don't want to be ah, like suffering mm-hmm. outside in a different country where they treat us as a ref- stranger refugees or immigrants, you know. It's not, uh, mm-hmm. it's not the same as, as being in your own home. Yeah, It's like where you feel, that's my place. No one can tell me go away or not. Yeah, yeah. And also speaking no. your own language with the Even Sweden around. gave me, yeah, Sweden, Sweden have gave me the right to stay in Sweden always, but some other people did not get, get that. Mm-hmm. Some people could uh, like, no, you cannot stay here always. So yeah, who wants to be refused to be kicked out of yeah. a country? I don't want to. Mm-hmm. And most of the people don't want to. It's just... We wanted our human right to mm-hmm. be free and to move as freely as any other person on earth. Yeah. So, 
That's what we wanted, and uh, yeah. that's why I left. But in a hope that someday, for sure, I want to go and live there for a while. Mm-hmm. So yes. Even I'm building my future here in Sweden, but I still feel like my home is not the same as here. Yes, I feel my home is in Gaza, and mm-hmm. I feel uh, much safer between my family. I don't have to worry about if they are alive or not. Mm-hmm. I can worry. I can be between them in that situation. I feel like it's much harder to be away from them in this kind of situations. Yeah, it's much easier to be close to them. Yes. So yeah. Um, what is a little bit more political questions now? Um, yeah. Um, go. If you don't like, don't answer. Okay. What What are mechanisms? What are things that that the Israeli government do? to Gaza, in Gaza, that you can feel that they are present somehow every day? Like, the, uh, now, n- not before, like, after, e- after they left, but during the siege now, how do you feel, like, uh, this, this ter- the, the terrorism that they create? Imagine that you, you cannot leave from there without their permission. Imagine you cannot let in any uh, anything. Imagine you want to send me a present in Gaza. You cannot send it to Gaza because we don't have a post office to Gaza. We cannot send, you cannot send anything to Gaza. Uh, that's a, a very simple. Like you feel that you are under a siege, that everything is controlled. You cannot, for example, take the boat and let's go in the water to this uh, far because the most you can go in the water is one kilometer. Even the fishermen in Gaza, they cannot, they are very limited. They cannot go and fish what they want. They are very limited. Uh, it's, they have one kilo and then you have to stop there. So they are controlling us from the sea, from the air, from the earth, from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you can see the, the, the Israeli milita- mili- military usually in Gaza, from Gaza? The Israeli military, you don't see them inside Gaza. Mm-hmm. You see them around Gaza. They are surrounding us. Mm-hmm. You would see them in your eyes if you just go to the borders and you would see how they are mm-hmm. in the borders. They have in their uh, mm-hmm. chick towers which, where they have their snipers and they have their... I mean, if you go to the borders areas alone... In a normal day, and you go closer to the border, you may get shot any moment. So you cannot go close to the borders, and it's too scary to go to the borders area. It's really like a prison, like for real. It's not like when people talk about this on the internet, that is like an open-air prison. It's not exaggeration, it's reality, right? It is reality, for sure. It's not just, it's, it's a big air prison because we, we cannot get out without a permission. And you have to wait more than 30,000 people at least in front of you who want to travel from Gaza, who are also waiting in the queue to leave from Gaza. And the, the list of people who can travel in a normal day before the war is maximum 500 people. Imagine an airport with just 500 people every day. Yeah. And that's they are not even working Saturday and Sunday, mm. or Friday even. Mm. So it's a, you cannot travel any day. You cannot, and it's a very limited time. It's from this time to this time, and then, if you have a visa, 
you lose your, I mean, I had a visa, I missed a visa many times, and I also applied for a like to travel from Egypt many times, and it took me a while to travel. It, uh, I had to wait more than four years until I could make it in the end because I have to match the visa period in the same time the crossing is open, mm. then I cannot travel. But if I have the visa, the crossing is closed, then I have to wait in Gaza. If I have, uh, if the crossing is open and then I have to wait my time, there is th- thousands of people in front of me, then that's the time where my, vi- my visa get expired also. Mm. So it's not, it's a prison. You cannot travel any moment. Now, moving on, um, I get a lot of, like, when I post on Instagram anything about the Palestine, there's always an Israeli person comes. I, I think now every time less and less because they stop following me. I don't mind. I don't mind. <laughs> uh, but I got some really bad messages already from Israeli people. Um, and they always use the same arguments. Like, oh, the Palestinians, they all want us killed. They, they, all, they would kill all the Jewish people if they could. Uh, they are all terrorists. I, got, I heard one guy told me every Palestinian is a terrorist. A parkour guy, he told me this. Is it true? The Palestinian peoples, do they want all Jews to be killed? So, is that what, why they want to just, just justify their killing to us? No, for sure not. You know, I have friends who are Jewish. I have friends who have been, you know, when I was in the theater, my father in the theater was a Jewish guy. And they have met many Jewish people. And for sure, our our fight is not with the Jewish people. Our fight is with the occupation, with the Zionists who come and want to kick out Palestinians of their home so they can take their homes. Mm. That's how they live. They come and kick a Palestinian person from their, his own home and then they, they claim that it's for the Jewish people. It's different. It's not. It's the people who go there in Palestine and say, this is our land and kick out the Palestinians from there. It's not the same as the Jewish who want to live yeah. in peace. It's, it's, not, it's not Jewish anymore. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And I know many Jewish people who really want just to live in peace, they don't want to fight. Yeah. It's not the same as the people who are in Israel. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I always, because I'm from Brazil, right? So in Brazil, we don't get the news yeah. like we get in Europe. It's because most part of the people in Brazil don't speak really good English. We only get a little bit of the news that is translated. Yeah. So everything is very manipulated, very filtered. And until I moved to Portugal, until I grew up and learned how to speak English and I learned how to deal, um, how to find my own information, my idea was always that Arab people yeah. are murderers. They are terrorists. Um, I remember when I was a teenager and I arrived in yeah. Europe and I, I, when I saw people in burkas and stuff, I was like, oh my God, I was scared the the relationship in my brain was uh muslims terrorists bombs bad it's like something that is really created in 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 uh, at least in me yeah, yeah in the media, in the it's, media. It's really it's not really nice 
Yeah, that's how is the media work nowadays. Nowadays in the Western countries, they still like they are hiding mm-hmm. everything. But at the same time, there is the social media yeah. now. People cannot be silent. People are following the social media. They're not following TV anymore. They're not yeah. watching uh, TV or the news of their Western countries as anymore. Like a lot of people yeah. not following that. I do follow the news. I do follow that. I see how bad critical it is. Not, it's they just showing lies. They just show one side. They would, they they are having double standard on everything. And whenever whenever it comes to Arabic or Muslim people, they would just go against it. They would not show the yes, good side of it. It's true. And then when I when I met the first Muslim people I met in my life. I was so surprised because like one of my closest friends, he's from Pakistan um, and he's, he's Muslim and he is one of the sweetest, most peaceful humans. And I remember that it was the first person that I could actually have open talks about uh, Islamism and the religion, the co- his culture and stuff. Uh, he's not Arabic, actually. He's, uh, he's different because he's Pakistan. Yeah. Yeah, but I know Pakistani people are very, very sweet. Also, it's such a sweet human, and he was They're telling me about the religion. They're very quiet and mm-hmm, exactly. He's very quiet guy, and but very loving. And he was explaining how his family practice uh, Islamism and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, they, they, the way that they created Muslim in my brain, it's absurd. It doesn't make any sense. So this is the next is a connection to the next question, which I already kind of asked. But people say that everyone in Gaza is a terrorist. Really, this is what we, we hear. Like, I feel support Hamas, you're a terrorist. If you're from Gaza, you're a terrorist. Even children are terrorists. Is it accurate? Like, that means I'm a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I look, having a chat with a terrorist. No, no, no honestly. <laughs> Do they teach this in school? Like, is that like a... For the kids, it's like, a, ah, go, let's go be terrorists. And, How, how much of a terrorist are you guys? <laughs> really? Sorry for the question. Well, who's saying that? Wait, I promise. <laughs> do you see? Do you see terrorists in front of, of you? The, I mean, I, I understand what that's what they claim, so they can just justify their killing to the Palestinians. That's what they teach their kids in their schools. That's what Israeli teach that all Arabs should be killed. They have in something in the religion that all of them should be killed, all the Arab or Al-Malak. I don't know if you heard about it yeah, before. Yeah. That, uh, and that's why they, we call it a genocide because what they are aiming to is like, it's a real genocide. They don't, they don't like us. They want to kill every person of us. When they kill us, they feel happy for it. You know, when they, when they see a person getting killed or a kid especially or... Oh, I got him. I don't know if you saw the video when it was a woman walking with her child with the white flags mm-hmm. and they shot her. Yeah. And that's how they are. They would not even feel bad for it. They don't feel bad for it. And that's how they are learning in their school. So everything they are claiming in, their, in the media or for when they tell the people, it's a lie. It's just because they want to justify their killing for the people. Yeah. And uh, for sure not. We don't learn that at the schools. 
we have an education, we have a very good education. Even the education in, in Gaza is even controlled by them. Yeah. You know, it's like there is a education ministry in Palestine, which is in the West Bank, and the West Bank is controlled by them. You know, we have the same books. Yeah. And well, for sure, we learn that with the human right, the freedom, we have the right for the freedom. We learn that. And for sure, at home, we learn that we have to fight for our freedom. Mm -hmm. And there is a resistance. The resistance is not just a little kid who going and fighting as they just want to show that, oh, they are protecting, protected by kids and they are... No, for sure, we love our kids. Mm -hmm. We care about the kids. We don't want the death of our kids. But that's what they will show in the media. Mm -hmm. Because they want to just kill us. They want to justify the killing of us. Does that mean that if they say, oh, all of them are terrorists, that means you want to kill a two million people? Yeah. At least. And most of them are kids. Half of the population in Gaza is children. That's why most of the people who, who got killed in Gaza is children. Yeah. It's, I guess it's 10,000 kids who have been killed at the moment. Mm -hmm. And it's still going on. Yeah. So every, everything, everything they would do, they would come and say Hamas, 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 yeah. Hamas. What, what do you mean Hamas? It's not Hamas. If you're killing a group, it's uh, the whole family. If you're like murdering everyone in the family and then still saying Hamas. Yeah. If you want this person, go and get this person. Not killing the whole area. Just sending a bomb. You know, they have a very precise bombs. They do. They can bomb the person they want if they want. But they want to destroy the whole area. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening. They are just destroying and taking everything down. All the buildings, all the good buildings, all the new buildings. All the, like Gaza City, the most beautiful area in Gaza Strip has been in the ground. It's like a sand at the moment. I don't know how, how it's possible. Like how can they do that and then still say, oh, it's Hamas. Yeah. They just want to take all the possibilities to make us live again. That's what it is. Yeah. I mean, all the schools have been destroyed, damaged. Where will the kids go after this war? Yeah. How will they go to schools? How will they live after? Yeah. So they, 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 they call all the Palestinians, all the people from Gaza, uh, they call them terrorists because it's a way to justify killing them. Do you feel like a threat? Do you feel like they treat you as you are dangerous? I never felt. I feel I'm, I'm always the one who's colonized. I feel like I'm the, I'm the person who's oppressed by them. I never felt I am the one who oppressed them, mm -hmm. you know. I ne we, we feel we are the oppressed. That's why we are inside that prison that's why we are in a that's why they have all that war planes and they can bomb us any moment we don't have war planes we don't have that technology that does what they do to us mm -hmm. how can we be the oppression pressure mm -hmm. or how yeah, yeah. Do we say it? i know what you mean i mean it's uh, a yeah. 
oppressor is very clear you can see it with their military how the way they kill how they bomb mm -hmm. they cannot claim that there is a two million terrorists in gaza they should know that we want to live we want our freedom yeah. and that's not gonna stop as long as we are there in gaza if they want they will kill us all is that what they want so they can finish from us yeah. what would you do if you have like a green pass to peacefully go into Israel or Palestine, to move around Palestine everywhere you can without anyone bothering you, without anyone checking you, uh, what, what would be the first things you would do in the first 24 hours? Like, like they, no one's going to stop you. No one's going to point a gun at you. No one is going to uh, like ask you any questions where you're going. You just can't just go into Palestine and move freely as much as you want. What would you do in the first 24 hours? First 24 hours, I will go to the West Bank. <laughs> I will uh, for sure try to imagine how beautiful is Palestine from inside. Not just because of what they built, mm -hmm. because I know it has always been beautiful. Even Gaza, when it's destroyed, you go and sit by the beach there and you would see how beautiful it is even with all the destruction that is happening there. But you will still feel you can breathe, you can, you see how beautiful it is. And imagine all the historical places that is there in the West Bank or many other areas in Palestine. All that historical places that I never got to see, it's something that for sure will make me just happy and uh, Imagine the freedom that I would feel if I am there one day. Because I feel like I have got all my freedom, but no, I have not. Mm -hmm. I mean, with the Swedish passport, I can travel everywhere in the world. But except Palestine, so I'm still not free. Mm -hmm. I, I cannot travel freely to, to my own country. I mean, I, I, I get into Gaza with my Palestinian passport. Mm -hmm. And uh, I cannot get anywhere with the like with the Palestinian passport. I cannot get into the West Bank. Mm. So you can just get into the limited areas. You. Uh, yeah. And what is what is the ideal future for you, and your beloved ones, and for the people in Gaza? What would be the best scenario for the for Gaza? The best scenario for Gaza is imagining finding an airport someday in Gaza that we don't have to suffer to travel. An end of the occupation that we don't have to worry about a war any moment. That we can travel inside to go to the West Bank, we go inside Palestine whenever we want. That's the best scenario, to be free, to be to feel safe, that we can build our homes without worrying about it getting bombed. And yeah, for sure, it's being able to travel any moment with traveling from our own airport without thinking that we go to another country to travel from there. Because at the moment we have to travel to Egypt and that's a way that is supposed to take just five hours maximum, it take at least sometimes 12 hours or and more with a lot of torture in the way.
and they yeah imagine where I mean Palestine ha we have had our own airport in, in the before the 2000 and it got bombed by Israel so everything that gave us the right for the freedom will be bombed that's how we how we understand it yeah. oof that's so heavy man that's so weird such a different reality is uh, impossible to even understand really like I, I cannot put myself in the same position but i'm very happy that you shared um this uh, thank you so much for your honesty and for your answers thank you lois really day. i'm um anything thank you want to say a pleasure for me any message you want to send to the roads to the parkour community listening to this I mean, I hope the world will wake up and uh, open their eyes and watch the reality and think about the humanity. These people who are dying, they are not a small number. It's more than 25,000 people who got killed. And these people want to live. They want the freedom. And that's why they are in Gaza. They are trying to survive. They, are, they want their freedom as any other person on earth. And... Uh, I hope the people will uh, do their best to stop this someday soon. And uh, yeah, I hope the people will educate themselves more about Palestine because it's a case that has been there for more than 75 years. It's not a, a case from some weeks or some months. It's, uh, it has always been there since... Israel was created and the Palestinians will never give up on it. We want our freedom, we want our land, we want to live in peace too. Uh, so yeah, I hope uh, the freedom for Palestine. <laughs> yes, bro. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you very Thank much. Thank you very much, Louis. Thank you for your time. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this talk with Ahmed Matar from Parkour Gaza, his second appearance in this podcast or a podcast um, hosted by me. Uh, let me know what you think. Let me know your opinions and uh, make sure to share and to like this, this uh, podcast. And uh, of course, two important things. One, this is completely separated from my work at Parkour or any other institution. It is just something me on my own, trying to spread a little bit more of, you know, like empathy and listening to other people's uh, stories. And second, if you like it, you can tell me and then maybe we can do another one of this, more of this style that is less parkour talk, but more beyond the parkour of the parkourist, you know? And third, it was two things, but now it's three. Third is I want to talk to someone from Israel too. If you know someone who would be keen to speak, I think listening to both sides is very important. So if you have someone, just let me know, okay? Have a great weekend, week, month, year, life. Much love to you all. And you know the drill, PK for life.